3: Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: There's no place to escape to. This is the last oh, yes. on the left. <laughs> your blade. That's when the cannibalism
3: started. What was that? Oh, <sighs> Guys. Yes, sir. I'm rebranding. You mm-hmm. are. Are we now, all rebranding or just you? Just me, bro. <laughs> okay. Just me. Okay? okay, because I'm too dangerous to just be a comedian. Wow. Yeah. You want to so- be a cop also? There's too much. <laughs> <laughs> daddy! Daddy, why, daddy? <laughs> um, no, no, no. I just, uh, my song's too dark. Mm-hmm. My lyrics are too disastrous to the It's fucking capitalism complex. Wow, deep, um, deep stuff. I'm I'm a bard more than anything. I'm Uh a truth teller. I'm a truth spiller. Are you someone who can get on with it? (laughs) That's not a part of my new brand.
0: Uh, But I'm thinking the name is
3: Night Horse. (laughs) Right? Because you can't see him at night. All of a sudden he shows up. Oh, how lucky you got a horse here. Yeah. It'll take you anywhere you want to go. But also, never mind. You better hope that horse doesn't talk because he might say some things that might push your boundaries. Very cool. Well, it's great to have
0: you with us, Night Horse. Welcome to the last Nay. podcast on the left. That's your catchphrase? Yep. What
3: is it again?
1: Nay. <laughs> Night Horse. Ooh, wow. Enigmatic. Ooh, oh, wow. that's what it's all about, man. I
3: am too mysterious to be a comedian anymore.
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: This is high quality content here on the last (laughs) podcast on the left. I am Ben hanging out with Henry and of course, Marcus Parks. Hello. This will be a very exciting episode. Is this a gold star episode?
3: Yes. Okay. So Night Horse says,
2: yay. I
0: am not. I'm upset. All right, everyone. (laughs)
2: Let's talk Danny Rowling part two. So when last we left Daniel Rowling, he just recorded a long winded goodbye message to his family in a Sarasota a motel room apologizing for his upcoming horrific acts that he now felt were either necessary inevitable or both and i'm just gonna need you to
3: know that that pre-apology uh-huh. is as good as me not doing the crime
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> now the horrible acts in question would be committed in gainesville home of the university of florida but before danny popped up there he first swung by another college town in florida According to an inmate confidant who shared a cell with Danny after the Gainesville murders, Danny Rowling first went to Tallahassee oh. out of a fascination for Ted Bundy, owing to the fact that it was in Tallahassee that Bundy embarked on his final berserker spree. Wait, he
0: fanboyed over Ted Bundy to the point he took a pilgrimage like it was frickin' Elvis? This actually <laughs> what?
3: speaks to, and I mean, technically, we've all done this type of fanboy. As yeah. true crime, like, people? No, We've all but, done these types of yeah, things. but you don't go and tour the grave of Ed
0: Gein and then start digging up bones all around it and be like, I'm just <laughs> like
2: him. Um, Marcus? Look- uh, no. Me, after me and Carolina took our uh, Jim Jones tour of Indiana, I didn't start a cult. He didn't poison anyone? No, he just <laughs> helped. He did, There's was- a
0: massive difference. Yeah, Marcus <laughs> was very
2: adamant about more merch, though. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Of course. <laughs> See, Danny Rowling had actually planned to commit his murder spree in Tallahassee and had even gone as far as to buy a new K-Bar knife in town for the occasion. But for reasons that remain vague... Danny instead chose Gainesville. Well, Danny said, first of all, as soon as a K-bar is blooded and as soon as it knows
3: human blood, it can only thirst for more human blood.
0: I mean, it really yes. can. Um, it's a knife.
3: But this story, I mean, in the Pixar world. <laughs> yes. But according to the book, The Making of a Serial Killer, I, I got into, I got this, it arrived at my house. This is one of those rare, out of print, old school, uh, I want to say, dripping with blood type Ooh. book because oh it is my. written by Danny Rowling and his lover and ex-fiance now that he's in hell, Sandra <laughs> London. Sandra London. And if you read this book, the first thing that um really hit me was number one. That it is the literal same exact structure as our book oh. because it is Sandra talking, then Danny talking, and then gets who makes a surprise appearance? Tom Delawese. Gemini. She's, Gemini! His other personality. Whoa. If you don't remember, Gemini or uh, Enod, which is Danny backwards, oh my is God. The, that is the entity that did these crimes. Uh-huh. And Gemini slash Enod. He chose Gainesville. Oh, and man. I will explain, uh, this, is, this book is is interesting because I think it pulls back the curtain a little bit on the fact that Danny Rowling, unlike Pee-wee Gaskins, right, Pee-wee Gaskins, nice final tree. Oh. that book made the crimes of Wee gaskins even worse right yeah. because Wee gaskins is a tiny guy who was looking to be a made man in prison he wanted to be a big deal he wanted to appear to be very very scary to people because he was a little guy with an inferiority complex
1: sure danny rolling
3: is the opposite danny rolling i think and then we'll talk about this as we go actually belittled his crimes yeah in, in, uh, to himself so that he would not fully acknowledge that he was such a depraved animal yeah absolutely Uh, because he didn't want to because he's the apology killer but now let's talk about this is why gemini chose Gainesville. yeah why gainesville why gainesville that's the top of the chapter chapter eight because that's (laughs) by the Reaper. (laughs) believe me i've asked myself that question many times danny nor Enoch meant any harm to gainesville except robbery i've been driven by the winds that rise when the sun sets and the night calls night horse the spirits take wing <laughs> and pipe to their lovers who have an ear to hear their whisperings. And so they call to me, come out, Danny, Ooh. come dance with me. The night spirits would take my hand and I would follow where the crickets ring, hypnotic tones. <laughs> and the wind plays through the dry leaves of the grandfather oaks through the hollow night where you catch your breath for fright. I saw Gemini's wicked reflection smiling back at me in the mirror. And he said Mm. one word, blood. And from that point on, Gemini became the domineering force in my mind. And Danny was out of control. Big time.
0: I think I would rather hang out with Scott Stapp from Creed. That is such a colossal pain in the ass way to say I wanted to go to fucking Gainesville.
1: No, you don't
3: understand. I don't know. Somebody like the Night Horse. I don't know what happens to me when Night Horse comes. When Night Horse comes, I do all sorts of crazy shit. I postmated. Like, I postmated seltzer to my house last night. Wow, <laughs> that's <laughs> night horse. That's night.
0: That's not you. <laughs>
2: I agree with that. That's a night horse move. <laughs> And so by late August of 1990, Danny traveled to Gainesville and found a Walmart where he bought a tent but stole a screwdriver, a roll of duct tape and two pairs of athletic gloves. Oh, my God.
0: You, you, you present it as if it's the Donner Party where he found a <laughs> magical Walmart as if they're not
3: fucking everywhere intruding our
0: safe space. This is when,
3: they, this is when it was more fun to go to Walmart. Oh, it still uh, is. But also he was smart because he knows you steal, you steal the implements of murder.
2: Yeah. Oh. Then Danny built a campsite in a wooded park Near the University of Florida And began stalking his victims When Danny wasn't stalking though He was recording even more messages Into his tape recorder All of which seemed oddly disconnected From what Danny Rowling was about to do Apart from this one message to his brother He said quote Kevin, you better get a gum deer for me With that bow I got you now
3: Aim for the lungs straight through the rib cage either there or the heart the best thing to do is hit the lungs it's the best shot for there. straight through the lungs he don't go far oh man
0: i thought he was gonna start every recording with note to self remember that <laughs> when norm Macdonald used to do that but then he would tell a joke but then this guy just talked about how he wanted to murder people this book has the full <laughs>
3: transcript of the tapes and it does sort of start being like yeah well just sitting on a bunch of leaves, <laughs> feeling kind of cold. Aww. It's hard to ride guitar songs when you're cold, but that's when I call upon my other brother, Night Horse. Night
2: Horse. <laughs> he wow. comes. Now, when it comes to how and why Danny committed these murders, it's obvious to me that they were the perfect example of a pathetic serial killer taking out his frustrations on people who had nothing to do with why his life was an awful fucking mess. See, Danny later told a fellow inmate that he considered being stabbed to death to be the worst way to die. And that's Hmm. exactly how he killed each and every one of his victims. He took his own frustrations and his own fears, and he fucking threw it out into the world
3: well according to him in some of these scenes in this book are i mean obviously very difficult to get through because he does recount in a lot of detail what he did in the rooms with his victims and he does it in a very salacious way but also at the same time constantly being like gemini was the one who jumped in my hands and he was Mm. the one who chose these implements and i kept yelling gemini no gemini (laughs) let's go to whataburger Gemini, no, Like, yeah. it's like, it, as you watch him do this type of thing, he he knew all along what he was mm-hmm. doing. And he set up these little notes to self to basically say like, look, there was now. Ne- I never meant none, none harm, none what? Because you put it through the lungs and the deer just goes to sleep and wakes <laughs> up in heaven.
2: Gemini didn't <laughs> listen. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to thank the people over at Whataburger HQ who sent me some fun Whataburger merch. Really? Oh, very yeah. nice. It was fun. a good get. Yeah. Nice. Well, in addition to the method of murder, the victim who went through the most fear, torture, and mutilation of all of Rowling's victims during the spree, Krista Hoyt, looked almost exactly like Omatha Halko, Danny's ex-wife. But perhaps most telling is that despite future claims of demons and entities... Danny originally used the revenge on the world excuse for why he committed the murders, saying that he had to kill one person for every year he'd served in prison for the armed robberies he himself had committed. And I took that personally. Michael Jordan <laughs> won
0: six rings with the same mentality. It's
3: the Mamba mentality. He focused the energy in the wrong direction. And that's why I, Night Horse, will spend every... I will eat a trace leches cake oh, for every oh. year I didn't go to an improv school. Marcus,
0: not to derail totally, have you had trace leches cake yet? I, I have not. Oh, Milk. That stuff's
2: a bit rich for me.
0: It is whoa, the greatest thing whoa. ever. <laughs>
2: Now, Danny had served eight years total in prison. So while the triple murder of the Grissom family in November of 1989 got the ball rolling, Danny still had five to go, and he'd take those five right there in Gainesville. Now, Danny Rowling intended to begin his killing spree on August 23rd and even went as far as to climb up to the second floor balcony of an apartment where he stripped off all of his clothes except for a fanny pack containing duct tape and his K-Bar knife. Oh my god, Wendy, look, it's Ham Man. Isn't
0: that nice? (laughs) I protect the whole world from salt by absorbing it myself. Wow,
2: Ham Man.
0: (laughs) He's here again to save the day. (laughs) Hold on
2: to my varicose veins. I'll save you, young girl. But it was a lucky thing for whoever happened to live there that a drunken University of Florida student happened to wander by and point out that there was a naked man wearing a fanny pack on the balcony and Danny wow. was forced to abort. It's a naked guy. I always remember um, <laughs> the one time I used to do a sketch
3: for Murder Fist called Boardroom. Room. Oh, of that course. All
2: mm, nude review. <laughs> I remember one that's time. How I know, that's how I know exactly what your tiny ass looks like. <laughs> of course. You yeah. can probably draw
3: it from memory. It's calvin's
2: butt i have the same butt as,
3: as him but i remember one time i do that sketch i come out completely nude holding my balls in the middle of the sketch and i remember coming out and all I heard was one woman one woman scream from the back he naked <laughs> that was in south carolina and i always remember that
2: that's the reaction you want but the next night on august 24th 1990 Danny Rowling began the murders that would earn him the Gainesville Ripper moniker. And I'm going to go ahead and say that there are at least two, if not three gold stars in this episode. So Damn. strap the fuck in and get ready. Yeah, man, okay. this ain't going
3: to be rough. And we don't have Glenn Borland to hide from it. <laughs> oh, we don't oh have goodness. him to hide behind. Uh, I just, you know, maybe this is a good time to uh, take a break. Volta whiskey. like oh, if yeah. this is not a joint then? No joints for this no. one. No joint. Oh. No joint. This is a fucking a neat glass of the hardest whiskey you have, and then you just sit in it, and then you can really feel like a private investigator. You look out, like wherever you go, go to the highest point of your home, wherever you live, and sure. look out upon the city and think about, what am I going to do to save this pile of bricks?
2: Right. How are we going <laughs> to stop ham, man? Yeah, this is a detective's pour of an episode. Okay, great. Now, for the Gainesville Ripper murders, Danny Rowling dropped the Rambo outfit that he'd used for the murder of the Grissom family and instead opted for a black ski mask, athletic gloves, and an actual ninja's outfit. Not yours. So, dressed as a ninja at 3 a.m., Danny Rowling approached the apartment of Sonia Larson and Christina Powell, both of whom Danny had been stalking for days. Using a screwdriver, Danny pried open the bottom of the apartment's wooden door and found Christina Powell asleep on the couch. Danny stood watching her sleep for 10 minutes, then went upstairs where he watched Sonia Larson sleep for an additional five. Finally, he made the decision to kill Sonia first so he could take his time with Christina.
3: Thankfully, I'm the type of person that if I hear someone go like, like
2: while I'm sleeping, I wake up. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So after making the decision, Danny plunged the knife into Sonia's collarbone while she was still asleep and almost immediately taped her mouth shut when she woke up confused and in pain. Then he began stabbing towards her chest, slicing open her arms and hands as she tried to defend herself. Mm. But within a minute, Sonia Larson was dead from blood loss. Danny Rowling then walked back downstairs to where Christina Powell was still sleeping and woke her by taping her mouth shut. He then overpowered her, taped her hands behind her back, and repeatedly raped her. Danny then turned her over on her stomach and stabbed her in the back as deep as the knife would go, over and over again. And after Christina expired, Danny cut off her breasts and wrapped them in plastic. Finally, Danny cleaned whatever sexual evidence he left behind using a bottle of dish soap and posed the bodies to cause the maximum amount of shock for whoever discovered the grisly double murder scene. With Christina, he posed her on the living room floor in a lewd position, face up, so it would immediately be seen that her breasts had been removed. Mm. And with Sonia, he posed her on her bed, lying on her back with her legs bent at the knees, so that her feet hung down to the floor. Danny then took a nap in Christina's bed, showered, and left when the sun came up singing a hymn to himself on his way back to the campsite later the only noises neighbors would report that night was loud banging which would have been unusual if not for the fact that danny rolling chose to listen to the george michael song faith loudly and repeatedly throughout the entire brutal affair
3: And the pain of that moment came through in Fred Durst when he covered Faith. (laughs) Yeah, that was a bad cover. That is, dude, that is one of the most horrific things I think that we have ever covered as far as a double murder goes. It's just weird to have somebody who, this is kind of why Danny Rowling is interesting to me because he, uh, He combines a lot of types of serial killers in one for some reason, because you think that he's like a Henry Lee Lucas moron killer. Right. Like There's that one side where he's a moron killer who is completely impulsive, Mm. a lot of brain damage, can't control himself. And he just goes into fits and rages and kills and then goes like, what did I do? Like there is that. There is the fact that I believe that he was a serial killer fanboy so yeah. that he was he read up on Ted Bundy he this is a very Ted Bundy style murder then yeah. at the same time it shows someone has done a lot of planning it shows that he has done a lot of uh pre-production he about went to
0: fantasizing the, he went to the ninja store to buy the ninja out he did
3: all of this shit and he knew that he wanted to do it he he had a plan in mind but mm-hmm. then the manipulation of the body is like another killer again where it's somebody else where then he takes possession he goes from he obviously is some form of process killer but then he goes straight into then product killer behavior yeah. where he is spending time with the body doing those things that to me speaks he is a much more dangerous person than you would think he is Right well, when you meet him. And Absolutely. I have to say, you know, you
0: mentioned he was listening to George Michael's faith. Evidently, he never saw the video because George Michael was wearing a T-shirt that said, choose life. And uh that video is fantastic. And uh, guy, yeah, I guess guy Ben, I...
2: I gotta correct here. You're think you're thinking of Wham and you're thinking of Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. All Holy good, shit. The, the premise of the joke stands.
0: <laughs> George Michael did wear a shirt
2: that said choose life, and he is a fan. So it is adjacent,
0: but thank you for the correction.
2: I also would like to uh, commend all of us on uh not choosing the easy rolling, rolling, rolling limp biscuit joke and instead going for a uh, limp biscuit faith joke. Wow. professionals, buddy. Yeah, Professional. Yeah. We've learned. We've grown. (laughs) Well, well, Henry, I I think, uh, speaking to to what you were talking about, I think really you hit it in the beginning with the impulse control. And I think a lack of impulse control is what defines Danny Rowling. And that's why why he is both a product and a process killer, because everything is done on impulse, what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And we'll definitely go into that later on for, with what happens after the murders and how Danny Rowling acts before the murders. Like it's all, it all comes down to the fact that this man has probably the least amount of impulse control that I've ever heard of. And Richard Chase had more impulse control than Danny. He wouldn't go
3: into locked houses. Uh, Yes. He he had
2: some rules. So Danny Rowling is playing
0: positionless basketball. He's the center (laughs) and the point guard. is taking the ball up the court.
3: What's happening? He's seven feet tall. (laughs) I was watching this interview with Danny Rowling. We were talking to a reporter. I forgot why they let him be in the room with this woman. But it's the ma'am. How to, ma'am like him like doing giving everybody like i right. think he's being real cordial like she's like huh, i heard that the food here is they don't want the secret out that the food here is not that bad and he's just like well you know it's that comparable to mickey d's you know and mm-hmm. like they were joking and shit right. and i was like that man is a shapeshifter like yeah. that's a type of killer he is Ugh. where he's come to this because he's got those sad eyes yeah. Like it really comes down to it he's got those like puppy dog like i'm sorry like face <laughs> that it, it completely, She's
2: Horrifying. a total fucking
3: unbridled mm-hmm. maniac.
2: Horrifying. Now, as far as, quote unquote, inspiration for these murders went, Danny claimed to have kicked off the spree after watching a movie that had just been released in the theaters that eventually became a favorite among serial killers everywhere, including Jeffrey Dahmer. That movie was the George C. Scott vehicle, The Exorcist 3. You, you, arguably the most fun of all The Exorcist movies Partly because it also featured New York Knicks center Patrick Ewing as the <laughs> angel of death in his one and only acting role in which he doesn't play Patrick Ewing.
0: But he doesn't have any lines. Well, you <laughs> ever <remember laughs> see that? He, he was just sitting Space at a Jam. table. Well,
1: did, but you but he to played have.
0: Patrick Ewing in Space Jam. No, I know that. But he, well, he played a version of Patrick
3: Ewing because in Space Jam they won. He definitely <laughs> could have, said they could have cut to him at some point and if him going like. You can't even buy a bucket. It would have been nice
0: if he gave him just one line. (laughs) That would have been nice for the poor guy. Exorcist 3, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. Not just for serial killers, okay? No. It It is a really fun, scary movie.
2: It is now the central plot to the exorcist three is that the spirit of an executed serial murderer nicknamed the Gemini killer and played by Brad Dorf from one of his best roles. It's a great scene. This serial killer is possessing people with the aid of the demon from the first exorcist the master and is oh. using these possessed people to commit more murders now the exorcist 3 is fucking great it's one of our favorites it's one of my wife's favorite movies ever but when danny rolling saw this movie in the theaters he identified with the gemini killer and since danny's sign was gemini he figured that the exorcist 3 was a sign that the killing should begin oh my god
3: or it's just him technically ripping off a movie like, yeah. <laughs> in a way. He's just a
0: thief. He's a plagiarist. And that's the the
2: worst hey, crime of all other than all the other crimes. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously a stupid fucking coincidence because yes. Danny had gone to Gainesville specifically to kill. But what's interesting is that Gemini is indeed the most common serial killer sign shared by Samuel Little, Jeffrey Dahmer, Arthur Shawcross, Jennifer Bianchi, Peter Curtin, David Berkowitz and Richard Chase, amongst many many others and uh
3: i believe yesterday was the beginning of gemini season it yeah. is now we're now in the gemini season and we're not trying to offend any gemini's don't, <laughs>
1: don't, don't you
3: do that kill us yeah we are we're good men. we're good men we have families that's the thing <laughs> if, leave you, us alone, if, geminis. You, if you
0: offend a cancer then they just sit there and cry and wonder what they did wrong
3: yeah it's cool in that way
2: gemini's are mad
3: <laughs> gemini's they fucking kill you they no, kill you the in ornate ways. those are the
2: ones the scorpios are the ones that you really got to watch out for
3: they're full of passion oh <laughs> so all of the gemini stuff really came to a head when he began his relationship with sandra london because he had been saying all this kind of shit and sandra london who is a professional serial killer groupie she yeah. went by her name she went by the nickname of the media queen for a while <laughs> which was also the name of her production company <laughs> that and was
0: howard stern's name also at yes, one point <laughs> he uh
3: she first dated a serial killer before a serial killer was a serial killer she dated a man named gerard schaefer uh when she was a teenager he was an older guy who arrived at her house like he kept like he became fascinated with her and she was like immediately the first Big titty goth girlfriend to exist. It was like Sandra London (laughs) is that where like Hmm. Gerard Schaefer and her used to go to graveyards and he used to tell her, he's like, I think about hanging women all the time and like showed him, showed her all of his drawings of women hanging from trees and how he's going to stab them and shit. And and her response was,
2: you are are the cutest boy I've ever seen. And yeah.
3: <laughs> dated him on and off yeah. for years. Yeah. And yeah.
2: then and Sandra, be- and Sandra, like she has, a, like there's a, this great clip. She was in this Errol Morris documentary, this great clip, which is like, when I was a little girl,
1: I imagined that the boogeyman came into my room on a pale horse, the man. And I rode away with him. Him in his black hat, black
3: shirt, black pants, black She's- socks, fucking unhinged black shoes that's black scary man shoelaces <laughs> white skin he's on a black horse and he takes me he takes me away from mm-hmm. here she's um the only way to really describe it is that her eyes are like bay windows with like flames behind them <laughs> she is the scariest look you, she's exactly when you say like <laughs> ultimate serial killer groupie here's exactly what you think that she looks like yeah. um but she began a relationship where she broke up with Gerard Schaefer while he was in jail to be with Danny Rowling. Wow. And her and Danny Rowling formed this sort of symbiotic thing together. And then he gave her quote unquote the real story, which mm-hmm. was that Gemini uh came in and took over his life. And then unfortunately uh, the making of Sarah Keller begins with an introduction by Colin Wilson of mm-hmm. Colin Wilson's The Occult, which I use all the time. And he tries to make the case that Gemini was real and oh. was a demon. And he has a whole. He tries to break down the the demonology of it in the very that's beginning. And
2: that's a swing and a miss. Colin Wilson's usually pretty good, but that is a swing, and a swing and a miss, my friend.
3: He is obvious. He's a true believer. Yeah, you know what I mean? So like I it, it is in character. But it definitely was Mm. a surprise.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Serial killer groupies can either look like Sandra London or Paula Dean.
3: There's only two (laughs) types, and I don't know why. They're both very similar. Isn't that odd? And here is a selection from the making of a serial killer that describes what it was like when Gemini took hold. (laughs) I don't. I was resting on my iron bunk when this thing that appeared like a gargoyle pounced on my chest, pinning me to the mattress. It had both claws pressing against my shoulders. It released its grip on one of my shoulders and clawed open my mouth, snaking a foot long slimy tongue down my throat. <laughs>
0: I is couldn't this, breathe. Is this Jared Fogel talking about his prison experience? I was what is happening? Hating,
3: and I began to struggle. I managed to push the thing far enough away from my face to get that horrible tongue out of my windpipe. It sneered and spat. How does it feel to kiss a snail? the scream. <laughs> what? And it just disappeared And that then is- Colin Wilson tries to say that that is the that's the demonic entity coming on, and that oftentimes demonic entities no. throat you down into your windpipe.
0: That's just <laughs> stolen. That reminds me of the scene from The Matrix, or when Tom Hardy was possessed by Venom in that horrible film. This yeah. man is not making anything. This is not creative. He's making. He's it just up. stealing it all. <laughs> I'm sure that he saw
1: a movie scene very similar to that at some point. Live from your grave. Correct. Texas Pete sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPeat.com.
3: The last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all in one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what's new. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if you have another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in,
2: Now, unlike most serial killers who have a cool down period of weeks, months or even years between murders, especially when they first began, Danny Rowling, having had almost no impulse control, had a cooling off period of less than 24 hours. Before the first crime scene was even properly worked, Danny created the second. And this second crime scene is quite possibly the most horrifying crime scene that I've ever read about. So I'd say if uh, you don't
3: smoke, go get a pack. Um, You know, like really sit down with it. Uh, Maybe this is a good time to play a game of solitaire. (laughs) Oh, Play a game of solitaire. Drink five or six beers. Then sit and listen. Okay. Unless you're sitting
2: in a car actively driving. Don't do any of that. (laughs) Except get a pack of cigarettes. It's fun to smoke. It's fun to ride around in a car and smoke. It's very dangerous. I miss it. I do miss it. It's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. So on Saturday, August 25th, Danny Rowling used his stolen screwdriver to pop open the latch on the sliding glass back door on the empty apartment of a college student named Krista Hoyt and hid behind a bookshelf until Krista got home. When she arrived at about 10 p.m., Danny leapt out and rained down his fists until Krista was knocked off balance. Then he duct taped her mouth and her arms before raping her for an hour, using his K-bar knife to stab her whenever he felt like it. Like almost all the others, Danny delivered the killing blow by turning her over on her stomach and plunging the knife into her back. But once she was dead, he rolled her back over and buried the knife in her belly, then sliced upward. Mm. Then he cut off her nipples and placed them on top of the exposed intestines before cutting off her breasts, wrapping them in a towel, and placing them next to the bed so he could take them away later. But the most horrific violation was when Danny Rowling decapitated the corpse using his razor-sharp K-bar knife with a clean, almost surgical cut. With the head removed, Danny set about creating a crime scene so horrendous it doesn't even seem real. First, Danny positioned the headless body on the edge of the bed, midway between the foot and the headboard then spread the legs wide apart while the arms drooped to the side and the intestines spilled out from a wound that went from belly to breastbone. Then Danny took the head and set it on the same bookcase he'd used to conceal himself, propped up by a wooden jewelry box and positioned in such a way that it looked as if the head was staring in horror at its own body.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: Finally, Danny set up a mirror so it was guaranteed that the first thing whoever discovered the crime scene saw when they opened the door was the decapitated head of a co-ed facing her own mutilated corpse. Oh. Danny then left, forgetting to take along the breasts and leaving behind the most gruesome crime scene in Florida history, far surpassing Ted Bundy's night of terror at the Kyle Omega house.
3: And his rebuttal... Uh, in the book the only thing that he says about it he's just like i didn't adjust those mirrors that's the problem that's that's what he says about it yeah that's oh where my- they got
0: that wrong oh i see but everything else was fairly accurate <laughs> yes oh my god
2: that is so freaking brutal it's very horrible yeah, there's, there's no embellishment on that that no that all oh. but except for, i guess except for the fucking mirrors i don't know i'm not gonna believe him you know, yeah, I mean this I don't know what sp- it is about. There's him. a couple
3: of things that are weird about this because not weird at all. Like he did all of this, but he there's one thing that he says in the book that he said that he did not originally decapitate her, that he had left and came back, Ugh. saying that he thought he'd left his wallet and uh, that he yeah. came back and then re entered oh into the crime God. scene. But to me, with that again, that's Ted Bundy.
2: Yeah. It's no, it's the it is.
3: same shit. It's the he is modeling himself after Ted Bundy. He is consciously doing it. That then well, puts and, him sort of in BTK like category where he is. A, he believes himself to be like a serial killer expert.
0: And if he does see himself as the sequel to Ted Bundy, as we learned from the movie, as we learned from the movie Scream, you got to have more blood in the sequel. And it, maybe that's why he went, uh, I guess, above and beyond
2: in this nasty way. You know, it's interesting is that the Danny Rolling uh, story was actually the inspiration for the Scream screenplay. Oh, is yeah. that uh, right? The guy, yes. who, the guy who wrote the screenplay for Scream, started writing it after seeing the uh, after seeing the news reports from the Gainesville Ripper murders. Wow! Well,
3: and then when the reports of the state of the bodies came out, they at first the the no one believed it. Uh, no one wanted to talk about it because obviously the idea of like learning that somebody, you know, somebody that you love has had this done to them physically, like for a while, because the cops didn't want to tell the families that this happened to the, to their, to their kids.
0: Did they not want to tell them because they didn't want to hurt the family emotionally? Or was it because they wanted to keep some evidence secret so that they could, uh, so that Danny would only know the, the truth or whatever.
3: Both. They tried to do both. But then what they had to do was release. They, they took pictures of it. Oh. And they only let, like they had to be revealed in secret where they had to go and view the pictures of the crime scenes in private. So the parents had to go if they wanted the, to. Oh, my it God.
0: Was the jurors, it was and for this, the jurors. It was Yeah, this was
2: during the Ugh. trial. Like, yeah, where, during like, the trial. They, do you get they, free
0: health care after you're a juror on no. this? Do you get free <laughs> therapy for life? Because I think you should get one. Free card for therapy for life. Yes, I think (laughs) so. And McDonald's breakfast
3: and weed, a weed like (laughs) license. You know, like here's weed, here's some weed. Um, here you go. Um, here you go on a roller coaster. And uh, I'm sorry, you're fucked. Good (laughs)
2: God, I can't imagine being the juror on this case. Now, one psychologist speculated that the reason why Danny positioned the bodies was because Danny knew that a cop would most likely discover the scene, and Danny wanted to spite. All police officers, yes. and therefore, spite his abusive cop father. And sure enough, it was indeed a cop who found Krista Hoyt. She worked part time at the Alachua County Sheriff's Office. So, when she didn't show up for work on Monday, two deputies went on a welfare check. It was then that Gainesville discovered that they officially had a serial killer in their midst.
3: We got one! Put in the dang, 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 dang.
2: Now, panic almost immediately hit the University of Florida campus. Parents took their children out of school, never to return. Campus radio stations started a campaign to get everyone to just fucking go home. And parents who couldn't get a hold of their kids tied up phone lines at the police station, trying to get cops to check on each and every student. And of course, there were plenty of theories as to who the killer could be. One prevalent rumor was that the Gainesville Ripper was a cop. Which naturally made canvassing for information that much more difficult. Others thought that the Gainesville Ripper was most likely someone who blended in—a new neighbor or a new student—because this had all occurred right at the beginning of the school year. Mm. A lot of strangers in Gainesville. Oh yeah, it, perhaps, it
3: goes from like I remember that one documentary said it's like it goes from something like uh, the the town doubles in size yeah. when the college kids show up.
2: Yeah, same thing with uh, Lubbock, where I went to college. Like, it's during the summer, it's fucking dead, and then all of a sudden, the whole fucking town comes alive. Right. Perhaps the most erroneous and stupid rumor, though was that the killer was a pizza delivery man. How fucking dare they? <laughs> well, do we know it's not true? <laughs> yes, we know it's not true. We know exactly who the fucking killer is. Oh, and I this, see. And Ben, this damn near put every pizza delivery joint in Gainesville out of business. And that's <gasps> not even counting all the lost trips to the drivers. Well, all I know lost is- tips.
3: Honestly, when it comes down to it, wouldn't you want to give extra tips if you think the guy's going to kill you and your roommate?
2: <laughs> well, you could maybe
0: use it for leverage. I worked at Jimmy John's. Big pizza was our competition, so. Hey, whatever.
2: Jimmy John's driver didn't do it. Oh, hey, man. And I was a fucking Papa John's delivery driver (laughs) in college, in a college town. So I fucking feel these guys pain. Pizza delivery people
3: are some of the purest. (laughs) <laughs> fucking yeah, you first responders the real respect i mean yet yeah, nurses uh, nurses. <laughs> nurses were very important they are very important thank you for all the nurses that pizza delivery people were on the front lines every day during this
0: how
2: plague. many peppuccinos did you steal marcus oh i didn't like peppuccinos. i didn't have to steal Peppuccinos because the great thing about fucking papa john's is that at the end of the day everybody goes home with a fucking free pizza at least in my store it'd be nice if they paid you though
1: <laughs>
2: Come on! That's, what are we doing here we're giving away money <laughs> but really those rumors circulated after Danny Rowling ended his reign of terror because remember Krista Hoyt came the night directly after the first double murder yes oh my and the gosh. second double murder came the very next night after Krista Hoyt this all happened over the course of one fucking weekend oh my god this is a freaking horror movie well the night After the Krista Hoyt murder, Danny Rowling peeped into the windows of a unit at the Gatorwood Apartments and set his sights on student Tracy Pauls. Snarped. Don't, no, no snarping. No, (laughs) snarping is, uh, snarping is too cute. It sounds like snarfing. It sounds, it sounds like the fucking (laughs) big cute fat. Someone else else tweeted that at me. Visual assault. Yeah, visual assault. Visually assaulted. Yes, I like that. very good. Now, Tracy didn't live alone. In fact, she had a roommate named Manuel Tabuada, and on the night that Danny Rowling came calling, Tabuada had just got home from his shift at Bennigan's, and everyone in the house was asleep by 3 a.m. Is it weird that I know
3: that Gainesville-Bennigan's? I mean, if you've been there... There was a a big old Bennigans in Gainesville, and I remember there was a big old Bennigans in Tallahassee, and that got shut down because the health violations got to the point, which is, like, weird because nothing was shut down in Tallahassee for health violations because everything was run by 18-year-olds who just ran every business in the college town. But Bennigans, I don't know what their crimes were. I knew not to eat there ever.
2: All right. So once all the lights were out, Danny jimmied the pin out of the sliding glass door with his screwdriver and entered the living room. Now, like most home invader serial killers, Danny opted to attack the male first to remove the most obvious threat, and Manuel Tabata was indeed a threat physically, being a six-foot-three former football player. So, Danny slipped into Manuel's bedroom and plunged a knife into his chest so hard that it ripped through his solar plexus, but... Manuel had an extraordinary will to live and he fought back even with a gaping chest wound. Danny swung the knife wildly, stabbing and cutting Manuel again and again until Manuel managed to restrain Danny with a bear hug, but the damage had been done. And with each second of blood loss, Manuel lost strength. After about a minute, Danny was able to pull away enough to stab Manuel in the chest. He pulled upward and hard, opening Manuel's chest and killing him. But it had still taken thirty-one stab wounds to take oh Manuel my. down.
3: Yeah, because he would need to attack a man uh with a surprise attack yeah. with a surprise attack because he was not Rambo and he barely made it in the right. armed services.
2: Actually, he didn't make it in the armed services. He was given a dishonorable discharge. Yes, and it was right. the Air Force at that. Mm. And that was when Tracy Pauls entered the room. When she saw Manuel, she screamed and ran away to the bathroom where she locked herself inside. But Danny kicked down the door and bound her with tape like he had almost all the rest. He then raped her, stabbed her, and dragged her out to the hallway to pose her. But when he realized she was still alive, he wiped the blood off her face and raped her again until she died from her wounds. Now, for some reason, this seemed to satisfy whatever compulsions Danny had to defile the bodies of the people he killed. So instead of posing them, he haphazardly cleaned up the crime scene and walked out the way he'd come in. This one, he said, Gem and I left him halfway uh, through. I see. He then jumped in the pool of a nearby apartment complex to wash off the blood then buried his knife and his gloves next to an old chicken coop, thereby ending his weekend of terror. But just because Danny Rowling stopped murdering didn't mean that he stopped committing crimes. After taking a nap at his campsite following his last double murder, Danny Rowling woke up and robbed a bank at gunpoint on Monday morning.
3: yeah he's an he's an adrenaline junkie total lack of impulse control like we've been saying and again this is his evidence of like you see danny could never have done this only e nod could have done these crimes i am a bank robber (laughs) 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 oh i see that's it huh honestly first of all i'm a singer second of all i'm a lover third of all i'm a bank robber Fourth of all, I am a loyal customer of the U.S. Postal Service.
2: Very nice. <laughs> Reportedly, while the tellers were stuffing bags of cash during that bank robbery, Danny yelled, quote, There better not be any dye packs in here. And sure enough, 50 yards from the bank, a witness saw a pink dye pack explode in Danny's face, and oh, he tried it. opening the bag. How
1: dare Scootin',
2: scootin'. Mondays, huh? <laughs> Soon after, Danny made fast friends with another drifter type named Tony Danzi. Whoa, and <laughs> that's a cool now,
0: version of Tony Danza. I don't think that's the cool. I think Tony Danza's is the cool version of Tony Danza.
2: <laughs> and Danny quickly began bragging about the bank he just robbed. But when the cops pulled up on the two men, Danny ran and Tony Danzi very quickly led the cops to the pink dyed money at Danny's campsite.
3: Uh, it's right over here. I'm sorry, it's, Joe, it's John Travolta.
2: I don't know yeah. why I did that.
3: Oh, here's your big money over here, officers. Oh, hey, oh.
2: It's close.
0: <laughs> I could see it happening. I could, Tony see be,
2: I could see that Tony Dancy sounding like that. But even though the campsite held the ski mask Danny wore during the crimes, the screwdriver Danny had used to gain access to all three crime scenes and the tapes Danny recorded, which hinted towards a big upcoming crime spree. No one in the Gainesville Police Department thought to make the connection. What and all of it just all of this shit just went into a bag in the evidence closet. That's how it is because they no, just it's not looked how at it. it, is. it. It's, I mean, they are
3: not good at it.
2: <laughs> they are, the,
3: are Gainesville Police. Yeah. Should like, they be very good at at solving murder? No, they're very good at gaining weight. <sighs>
2: <laughs> it's the Gainesville Police Department. They're very good at like breaking up like beer busts. Yeah, dude, but they fuck up this murder investigation at every turn until some essentially someone else solves it for them god
3: forbid you light up a joint you'll go right to jail yeah you know what i mean like but yeah these crimes happen too quick that's
0: the problem i'm with you and of course a beer bust fantastic term for angela merkel (laughs) yeah buddy there it is she's got a beer must Angela Merkel will be there give me some of
3: what she's having (laughs) wow
2: leadership leadership and she's very smart she's a scientist now of course the media immediately began a frenzy after five grotesque murders occurred in a college town over a single weekend yeah And and this being 1990 The murders very quickly got rolled into the satanic panic.
3: Just fucking eat me with this satanic panic bullshit.
2: Whoa, bro, eat me. Take it easy. (laughs)
0: This is still a PG-13 show. shorts. Whoa, (laughs)
3: whoa.
2: (laughs) Conveniently, the more hysterical news outlets blamed The Exorcist 3.
1: Oh, my God. It wasn't even the most
2: successful of the fucking trilogy. No, it really wasn't. And while Exorcist 3 was tangentially related, the media was entirely unaware that the killer was a committed Christian who had walked away from one of his double murders singing Nearer My God to Thee. Also, why didn't they blame George Michael? You know, you
0: make a hit. (laughs) And you don't realize, you don't know what it's going to be used for. That's why we preface, we, we preface every song that we make with, don't kill to this song. And now here it yes. is. <laughs> it's important.
2: That's how you got your cover yourself legally. Legally. <laughs> as far as the students went, most refused to sleep alone. And some even crowded in groups of 10 to 20 students, each one taking turns staying awake. Wow. There was no more partying. No one went out to the bars. And parents pressured the school to cancel class. In other words, Gainesville simply stopped and police were under enormous pressure to find a suspect.
3: Very similar to the summer of Sam, like that whole thing with the idea of like
2: it changed the culture of a whole city. Yeah. But perhaps a more pressing reason besides commerce was the fact that the rapid pace in which the murders occurred suggested that another murder could happen at any time. So after canvassing the areas around the three crime scenes, Cops found a young man named Edward Humphrey who had just been kicked out of the complex across the street from the Gator Woods apartments a week earlier for, quote unquote, acting crazy.
3: Edward Humphrey, um, to me,
2: he reminds me a great deal of
3: Eddie Meatloaf's character from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, <laughs> oh. where he's a um, unfortunate looking man that happened yes. to be in the right place, wrong time.
2: Okay, yeah. Yeah, Ed Humphrey was an unfortunate human being who tragically looked like a stereotypical fictional serial killer from the movies. He was six foot tall, two hundred pounds, and had actual Joker type scars all over his face, owing to a car accident, which had sent Ed flying through a windshield. And he had like crazy eyes.
3: He'd like yeah. exactly what you think, it's like big googly eyes that are like off-center of each other, and every picture it looks like he's about to attack you or he's
2: very scared, you know? Mm-hmm. Apparently, Edward Humphrey had been trying to make friends right before the murders by simply walking to the apartments of strangers. And if they just shoot him out and locked him out of the apartment, he'd sit there and stare through their windows until they closed the curtains. <laughs> Can I come inside? It's sad. I mean,
3: that's how most people I met in Tallahassee arrived into my friend group. Yeah. <laughs> they just <laughs> wandered of, into a party, you know what I mean? <laughs> and all of a sudden they were <laughs> like, it's like, oh, you guys all know Reggie. And they're like, no, like, is Reggie in school with you? And it's like, no, I thought in any of my classes, any of your classes, no. It's been like, How'd we know that 40 year old man?
0: You guys are cool guys. Cool. Guys. Yeah. He always
3: probably like a handle of whiskey. And then every once in a while, like he'd say something weird to the girls and you have to go, hey, Reggie, you're getting kind of getting edgy, you know, like, oh, it's edgy Reggie. And then edgy he Reggie. dies, you know, and then he always just ends
0: up dead. Yeah, of course. You have a lot of explaining to do. So it seems like this guy just he lacked nuance on how to meet people.
2: Well, he also told a security guard at the Gatorwoods complex that God had told him to kill the guard, and neighbors Ah. complained that Ed had loud fights with himself in his apartment. Nowadays, you could just say he's a streamer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there was a very good reason for Ed's behavior. He was afflicted with bipolar disorder, type one from the sound of it, and he'd gone off his meds just prior to the Gainesville Ripper murders. What do you think, Marcus, if you went off your meds, what would the argument
3: with yourself be about? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, first of all, I'm bipolar two, not okay. bipolar one. I'm not really oh. the delusions of grandeur. I'm more like a bipolar two. It's more like, a, I think we you said this before, it's it's depression premium. It's depression oh, plus. Oh, okay. It's the Batman yeah, yeah, Returns. Yeah. No, the, argu- the last argument that I had with myself when I was in a bipolar state, when I was in a manic state, was whether or not strangers could read my mind when I was on the street. And was it really safer on the train because I was in a big metal tube? I don't know. It was hard well, to tell, but I you mean, know, that was the hypothesis.
3: It's hard when you're your
2: own devil's advocate. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Point counterpoint. <laughs> well, as such, Ed Humphrey was having delusions of grandeur right around the time that Danny Rowland came to town. And this being around the time of Operation Desert Storm, Ed was telling people that he was going to join the Army Rangers specifically so he could go to Kuwait and commit consequence free murder. Technically, if you
3: told that to a recruiter, he would have went to right to the top of the list. Right to the top.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Front lines. Ed was also pretty free with telling people that Satan was after him, and he wore special gardening gloves and a special <laughs> sash to repel the Dark Lord. Oh, okay.
3: Well, that's that how... should work. Yeah, that's what Nighthorse Horse told me that I should do in order to avoid the IRS. I agree. <laughs> Wear a special sash. Don't tax me, man.
0: <laughs>
2: then about... <laughs> <laughs>
3: and that. don't tax me,
2: bro. <laughs> don't tax me, bro. Don't tax me. Then, about a month before the murders, Ed was seen in a surf shop, threatening to cut the hearts out of everyone in the store.
3: Whoa, dude, that's not Mahalo, bro. That is <laughs> not wow, Mahalo. Dude. No. Also, is there a lot of surfing happening in Gainesville? Do people go no, surfing four, on the weekend? It's four hours to the beach. Yeah, I okay. know. It's, it's the worst part of the type of Florida to be in because um, there's no access to any form of yeah. water. Yeah.
0: Hear yeah. me out, Becky. Surf shop.
3: Gainesville.
2: <laughs> Another time a police officer found Ed outside of an Air Force base running around in circles while chewing on a beer can. And when the officer <laughs> finally told him to stop, Ed told him that he was going to join the military so he could cut people up and gut them like deers. Ah uh,
3: Eddie's a funny guy. He's <laughs> just having a nice time.
2: What do you mean, chewing on a beer can? Chewing on
1: a beer can. Chewing like he's literally a chewing, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ed also used to bother a medical student working a day job at Krispy Kreme during her shift to ask if she ever took body parts or skin home from her anatomy class to quote unquote Mess around with it.
3: There's a lot of people that are going to have a hard time flirting after the pandemic.
2: And it's sure. just this is kind of what it sounds like. If you're already
3: crazy and you're just
2: trying to think of something to say
3: and you just got done chewing on a fucking beer can and yelling at the police officers and you're like, "Um, let me ask you a question about you. Do you ever take skin home to play around with it? I'm trying to co- I'm trying to know about you.
0: Oh, my God. You say that sentence now you're going to find yourself a wife. Be very careful because go- people like that stuff. they do (laughs) they do marcus you've taken skin home you've taken the whole thing home
2: before i mean it's very Uh, dangerous i've I've never been a recipient of skin i've taken a lot of human bones home but i've never been a recipient of skin i apologize yeah yeah (laughs) really i'm so sorry but what was most damning for ed was that while danny rolling was in the midst of his murderous rampage Ed was having a particularly public bipolar break in Gainesville that attracted all the wrong kinds of attention on the night that Danny killed Sonia Larson and Christina Powell, Ed was walking around Gainesville huffing gas uh, at one point. He, he, walked he wasn't
0: a, really, he was zigzagging around Gainesville. <laughs> yeah, He was doing his
3: own serpentine race.
2: <laughs> wow. At one point, Ed walked into a Roy Rogers where Ed paid for a single biscuit with 35 cents and a baseball cap.
3: At one point, he walked into a Roy Rogers, which really takes me back because a Roy this Rogers... This whole thing
0: is not just about restaurants you went to. <laughs> <It's>
3: just, <laughs> why, this is Roy Rogers <laughs> is for, What about a Roy
0: Rogers? If you're <laughs> hungry
3: after huffing a bunch of gas. <laughs> I don't think you are hungry after huffing a bunch of gas.
2: And he well, was. The, well, the Roy Rogers accepted the barter pretty much just to get rid of him, but Ed returned an hour later wearing a different baseball cap with four <laughs> more baseball caps stuffed in his pockets. Because he figured he figured out some sort of fucking barter system loophole. This is Ed, where Roy I got Rogers. You. This is where I got you, bro. Took it,
0: I mean, it worked the first time. What do you want from this guy? Because then, you know, he puts
3: one. He's like, can I have a hamburger, please? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like one baseball cap in here. Just take this for yourself. Just another (laughs) baseball
2: cap. You can keep that. Don't spend it all in one place, huh? Oh, my God. Maybe for a fanny pack, he could get some French fries. Once they got rid of him again, Ed went to a bar called the Central City Lounge, but was denied entry because he didn't have any ID. And after being turned away, Ed pointed at the bouncer and the manager and reportedly said, quote, You're all dead.
3: Bingo, bingo bongo you're all dead my people are gonna come back and i'm gonna get you i'm the middleman for some drug dealer i could cut your fucking throat and you wouldn't even
0: know it i can't believe what? he said bingo bongo bango like that because that's how you summon an elderly woman wow <laughs>
2: no bingo bango bongo i don't want to leave bang- the con- bingo bango bongo i don't want to leave the congo No 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 it's an old song Oh, wow. It's an yeah. old song, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's an old song. No Dogs in
3: Space. No kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I ran into a few fans of yours, by the way, the other night.
3: Oh, really? They wouldn't
0: stop talking about how much they loved the show.
2: Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, truly, they do love No Dogs well, in Space. Great. Everyone check it out. Yes, they yeah, loved, thank, they loved all you very the punk. Much, yeah. And they love no, the Beastie Boys.
2: Yeah, yeah thank you very much. Yeah, the, the Beastie Boys. Actually, we just released uh, this week, released Beastie Boys Part 5. This is when we get to talk about Paul's Boutique. Again. Oh, very nice. Best Beastie Boy album there is. Ed, well, back to Ed. Back Ed, to Ed then turned to some students across the street and shouted, quote, I'm
3: on recon. Don't <laughs> you mess with me. Don't look at me. I could kill you guys. You ain't shit. Well, Ed, recon would
0: imply that you're going to be quiet. And you are very loud. Uh, Most people on recon don't scream, I am on recon. It's like, I'm an undercover cop. You understand how that would be a problem.
3: I want all of you to know I am employed as a reconnaissance officer.
0: Okay.
2: And you're all the subjects of my recon. You want to keep that more quiet next time. After that, Ed went to the Krispy Kreme where he bothered the medical student by extensively and immediately talking about Ted Bundy upon his arrival and ended the conversation by saying he'd like to stalk women with knives.
3: I said I'd like to. I said I'm not saying I'm doing it, but this is technically what I did.
2: What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did do this, but except you did this at the uh, actual location where Ted Bundy murdered all of the sorority girls. Oh,
0: no, you were at a party. You weren't stalking people at Krispy Kreme and Bennigan's
2: and 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 Roy Rogers.
3: That wasn't stalking. That was me being a great customer. Exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Ed stayed quiet for the rest of the weekend. But on Monday, he called his grandmother screaming that he'd lost his car. And because of this, Ed would have to drop out of school. Now, the grandmother called the police to do a welfare check on Ed, but once they arrived, he told them that he didn't care about the car anymore because he decided he was going to Panama to fight Manuel Noriega. Sweet. Oh, of course. But then Ed Humphrey made a grave mistake by mentioning the Gainesville Ripper murders. And even though the murders were all anyone in town was talking about, cops still took it as a sign that Ed Humphrey might have something to do with it. They then began investigating Ed and found out about all the crazy violent talk Ed had been spreading around town, including another incident in which Ed had talked about wanting to cut a nipple off a girl. That
3: wasn't about murder. That was about my collections.
2: That is (laughs) very scary, Ed. Now, all this hearsay wasn't enough to arrest Ed. But on August 30th, a few days after the last murder, Ed had a complete break and attacked his grandmother. He was arrested for aggravated battery and thereafter became the number one suspect in the Gainesville Ripper murders. When cops got him in the box, they questioned him for 24 hours straight without an attorney present when he was obviously in a fucking manic state. And since he was in a manic state, Ed was highly suggestible and eager to talk about all manner of mutilations, knifings and dismemberments. Pretty soon, the media caught on. And when they publicly named Ed Humphrey as the Gainesville Ripper... Police did absolutely nothing to correct the claim. And Ed, all of a sudden, he was the Gainesville Ripper. This fucking wow. poor guy going through a fucking bipolar episode. He was. I, and I, the cops are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely our guy. And there's so, no evidence whatsoever. So if
0: you're Donnie Rowling at this point, you must be happier than a pig in a bunch of crap. I honestly this don't this is even, the greatest cover ever.
3: Weirdly, I don't think he was even paying attention to the news. No. Like, he, didn't his, because, he
0: didn't read his own press
3: not till later so. no hmm. he was truly was deeply deeply impulsive and i don't think he was following the news because Weird. he just started robbing banks mm-hmm. immediately Um, uh, marcus i have a question about this type of uh bipolar freak out sure uh, i'm not I'm not, like, an exp-
2: I'm not an expert by, by any means but i can give my expert my yeah, personal I don't, I don't experience <laughs> but uh when people like marcus do i look like a do i look like a teapot to you right now <laughs>
3: No. 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 No, he's not he's I'm, not
0: having a fit. No.
3: <laughs> um when people have these breakdowns, like is it like in how in Tourette's How people say like one thing about Tourette's is that sometimes the tics want you to say things that are specifically like inappropriate for the situation. Or like is it the fixations on stuff that's like really uncomfortable and like fucked up dark stuff. Is it just about that where you're following sort of like an intrusive thought where you're saying these kind of scary things in your own mind to people or like why would he go so dark? If you, if he wasn't maybe an inherently violent person, I just wonder, I, it's well, more of a well, question.
2: Well, I mean, everybody follows, uh, whatever is, you know, everybody follows whatever their delusion is. Like ah. our, for example, our friend, uh, John F. O'Donnell, uh, who's talked many, many times, uh, in up sets and podcasts about his bipolar break. Like he thought that he was Jesus and he went to go live on a fucking abandoned, uh, gambling boat in the East river. Sure. You know, like, so it's like there, the that was his storyline. That was his storyline, yes, and, and Ed Humphrey's storyline seemed nowhere near as um, poignant, like it was, it didn't really have as much of a point, like he was just sort of going off in all directions, yeah. but it does seem like, Ed. Humphrey, I mean, he did have a little bit of violence in him, He, I yeah. mean, at one point during his break, he did attack, attack his grandmother, he did beat up his own fucking grandmother, yeah. uh, so really it's just, it's kind of following whatever your thing is uh, at the time. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be paranoia, whether it be delusions of grandeur, this or that or whatnot. But for some reason, Ed Humphrey's uh line was violence. Definitely. He was talking constantly about violence.
3: Yeah, it's like when Night Horse comes to me, I always want to go to wherever I could find the, the best local dives these drive-ins that drive-ins, you go to, and yeah. these—I bet it's kind of my favorite type of thing. Rib stick in restaurants and restaurants yeah, you only yeah, yeah. get in certain little neighborhoods. You can almost
0: put that on a flip flop. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. When I, when I was in a bipolar break, um, it was usually uh, paranoia. Like it was just straight up. It was straight up paranoia. Other people are out to get me, and so on and so forth. But it was never super uh, specific because I wasn't bipolar one. I'm bipolar two. Maybe oh, it was the surveillance state, bro. <laughs> well, we could talk about that for hours. <laughs> no, no, it was more supernatural, weird thing. I don't want to cool. get too far into it, but I've been Just medicated wanna... for 15 years, and I'm good. You're you right. N- yeah.
1: <laughs> looking from your grave.
3: Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. You'll step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Use your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. You're going to get a kiss in there. There's mystery, danger, and romance as you search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. Watch out for those sidewalks. They are covered in urine and customize your very own luxurious estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. Collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. And you can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Oh, how I love the 1920s. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
2: Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S. You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in
1: one to two days. And along with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever.
2: The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I (laughs) yeah. Love. <laughs> fast growing trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. I got a yard now and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree.
1: I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordline up in front of my fence i think that'll the red will really pop nice and maybe for the backyard i got an extra planter that i might put a satsuma plum tree in and these prices are reasonable they're reasonable if you ever been to a nursery but right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off
2: on select plants, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com
1: using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time, terms and conditions may apply. dun,
3: dun, dun. Uh. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, what's oh, it's up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah! Toss that rock! Come on, guys! Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps, whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops. You're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Skit Ball. Price Books even offers injury insurance So that your entry stay in play Even if one of your players gets injured I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game Because I would pick him to go all the way Can you imagine if Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog! Then, it would be more like baseball But Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it In the contract game Woo, the deadliest game of all Download the app today and use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick
2: less. It's that easy. Well, meanwhile, the FBI was telling Gainesville police that Ed Humphrey probably wasn't their guy. So the FBI had gotten pretty goddamn good at behavioral analysis by 1990, and their profile of the Gainesville Ripper sounded nothing like Ed Humphrey and everything like Danny Rowling. They said that the killer would be between 25 and 35, from a poor background, abused physically, sexually, and or psychologically during his formative years, would perceive himself to be a failure, would need to feel special, and would want to be a celebrity. It's Danny rolling to a fucking T.
3: The problem is that these cops can listen to these nerds. from virginia well, the fbi i mean it's a they're pretty big this is time the problem there. though they, they they're like we got our guy because he's got scars on his face yeah, yeah.
0: Well,
2: that's a good because point. they think they they are <laughs> operating off of a pop culture view of a serial killer they're operating off like oh that's what a serial killer looks like that's what a serial killer acts like this guy has to be a serial killer and on the other and the other thing too is that the murders had stopped so after Ed Humphrey was already in jail, no more murders. So they figured, like, oh, that, this definitely is the guy then. Okay. And the only other suspect they had was some jerk-off with, quote-unquote, satanic-type tattoos named Stephen Bates, who'd used a butcher knife during an armed robbery of a woman's home. And when they searched that guy's house, they found... Satanic writings, whatever the fuck that means, medical tape, bloodied clothing, drawings of women and poses similar to the victims, porn, knives, and a book on Jack the Ripper. They just Excellent. found your office. <laughs> No, that's a, that's a fucking average home of a last podcast on the left fan. I'd say. Sure. sure. Look around, you listeners. At home, they look have... around the room that you're fucking
0: sitting in right no, now. How I many of these things
1: th- have you seen? No, no one. one said,
0: who has covered in blood clothes? No one should have clothes covered in blood just randomly laying around their house. Most people don't. We think
3: it's blood, and it turns out. It's raspberry jam because Ooh. you had a breakfast explosion. <laughs> That's no, I do fine. remember because Lexi Holden's wife was beautiful and wonderful, but I forget she does. She's Christian, you know. what I mean, mm. and she walked into the studio and had to cross herself when she walked in. <laughs> and I was just like, oh yeah, I forget all this imagery. To some people, is incredibly frightening.
2: Oh yeah, no no. I once had a, a cleaning lady at my house uh, leave two hours early. After uh, trying to clean my office and failing. I explained to my uh, to our handyman that the devil is good. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very fun day for the handyman. But even though Stephen actually seemed to be a better suspect than Ed, police stuck with the guy who fit their idea of a serial killer. And Ed was held on $1 million bail for assaulting his grandmother. Oh. Now, police thought that since the murders had stopped, it meant that Ed Humphrey was their guy, even though they didn't have a single bit of evidence outside of the fact that Ed was weird, off his meds, and kind of annoying.
3: Oh no, I'm going to get
0: arrested for murder. <laughs> Absolutely, judge. <laughs> yeah, there is no evidence in the case, but look how ugly this motherfucker is. <laughs> I just,
3: I used to be fat, now I'm weird fat skinny, I, my, I got Polish knees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but really, Danny Rowling could have resumed killing at any time. On the same day that Ed Humphrey was arrested, Rolling broke into an apartment, ate cookies and Quaker oatmeal, watched a porno tape, and stole a 1978 Buick Regal. He was for certain just
3: about to kill again. There's yeah. no way he wasn't going to kill again.
2: Yeah, No, no, no. He just did. The only reason why he didn't kill, kill is because he didn't feel like it yet. Mm. From there, Danny left Gainesville for Tampa, where he drank heavily and smoked a whole bunch of crack.
3: Hey, you know, breakfast of champions. Yeah,
2: if you're going to do it, do it in Tampa. He then continued burglaries and robberies, and Danny was almost killed by police during an escape from a crime scene in which Danny's car was hit by 17 bullets. Jesus fucking Christ. And Danny kept having weird encounters with normal people. On September 4th, he approached an artist and offered her $100 to do his portrait. She was actually charmed enough to invite him back to her place where they ate Chinese food and watched Good Morning Vietnam on VHS without incident. No kidding. Weird encounters with normal people. That's actually the name of our television show. <laughs> hey,
0: man. Honestly. <laughs> be great. Uh,
3: but it is weird because you see throughout all of the making of A Serial Killer, you have all of these stories where... He, he really thought of himself as very charming. And yeah. it, he I don't fully put it see out it. There, I don't know. No. Women used to go with home with him all the time, which is why he tried to maintain that he was innocent for fucking years. Cause he's yeah. kept being like, you know, like it says here, it's just like uh, the appendices of the making of a serial killer. It has stuff like, it says no sodomy, uh, no superstar, no knife play. I enjoy sex. This is what it says on here. All and right. not gay is a whole chapter <laughs> not gay is a
2: whole chapter okay from there danny burglarized a house in tampa and robbed a wind dixie in ocala but danny's luck was about to run out he left the Win dixie with forty-seven hundred dollars. this was unfortunately for danny a training day for the ocala police department ocala
3: ocala, ocala it has to sound bad it's florida
2: That's how you know it's a Florida
3: town, because that has to sound like shit.
2: (laughs) Therefore, when Winn-Dixie employees called 911 to report the robbery, there were twice as many cops on the streets as usual. Oh. So by the time Danny got into the driver's seat of the Ford Mustang he'd just stolen cops were already pulling into the supermarket parking lot
3: man he did not waste a fucking day he is an adrenaline fucking monster and you know
0: one one sergeant looked over at a trainee was like not every day is this fun don't
1: get used to it (laughs) we get to shoot our guns yeah we're going on a chase yeah, it was a high speed chase with a
2: nineteen eighty-three <laughs> Ford Mustang. That's a fast <laughs> fucking car. Honestly. Yeah. What a hell of a day to train. Danny then abandoned the Mustang after wrecking it. Shirtless for some reason. He'd taken his shirt off at one point. Well, you're gonna it, want to do that. You don't want to have any identifiable it's extra <laughs> Yeah, it's extra weight. You yeah, you wanna shed that shirt. <laughs> and he ran into a business called Dial America Marketing, hoping to lose the cops. But when Danny ran out the back door into the rear parking lot, The cops were waiting. He dodged the first one, but the second one took him down. And when he was brought back to the Winn-Dixie for identification, he said, quote,
3: Yeah, it's me, and I'm sorry. Oh, my God! (laughs) I'm
0: going to kill this man, but <laughs> Do you he think also that that was of- trying to run and hide and he ran into a place that has dozens of phones. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I mean, he wasn't thinking, was
3: he? I, I don't think he was thinking the no. shirtless run from the cops through a telemarketing office officially <laughs> makes him from Florida and not he gets
1: the, he's from a from citizen now.
2: Yeah, He's officially a resident. <laughs> Meanwhile, cops back in Gainesville were being forced to accept that Ed Humphrey was not the Ripper. See, Danny Rowling hadn't been as careful as he thought he'd been cleaning up the murder scenes, and he'd left behind a healthy amount of DNA. So when the crime scene DNA didn't match to Ed Humphrey, cops were forced to rule him out. But seemingly out of spite... The judge in his assault case still gave Ed Humphrey the maximum sentence of 22 months in the Florida Mental Hospital in Chattahoochee.
3: Yeah, they just decided he needed to be in a concrete square. I mean,
2: if he was in a hospital, hopefully he got some treatment. I'm not sure how good the hospital was, but it might be the best option. But just as it seemed as if the investigation was hitting a dead end, a detective from Shreveport came calling with a possible connection between the Gainesville Ripper murders and the still unsolved Grissom family murders from the year before. See, when the news in Gainesville broke, a member of Danny Rowling's old church named Cindy Dobbin came forward and told the detectives that Danny Rowling might be the guy they wanted in both killings. From what Cindy said, Rowling used to hang out with her and her husband, but one night, as they were all enjoying a drink or two, her husband very suddenly came up to her, pointed at Danny and said, quote,
3: this guy's got to go, which is how what this happened? is what happens when you just collect random friends. Sometimes that you meet at the bar, it's a natural cycle of the bar friendship. No, this
2: when is you a meet, church friendship. They met
3: at church. But then they started, you know, in my mind, it's the same. <laughs> it's all the same similar bullshit. it's like but, you know, cheers you meet somebody you first hear like oh this is a fun guy why don't we don't like this guy all the time and then all of a sudden he's like you know he becomes your number one friend and he's there yeah. all the time and then always always something
2: happens what did danny to go, say to him uh well w- when she asked why her husband said that danny had told him in casual conversation that he likes to stick knives in people it's
0: how i know where my knives are like when you say, ca- were they wearing khakis? Casual conversation. He just brought it up out of nowhere. You no, know, casual conversation. They're just talking. They're just like chit chatting, like, and then he's like just like, would I would talk- like to like- stab people. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that guy's got to go. <laughs> this is what happens.
2: Danny had also told Cindy that one day he was going to leave Shreveport for a place where he could lay in the sun and watch beautiful women all day long. And Cindy made the connection that sounds a hell of a lot like Gainesville. So after seeing that the Grissom case and the Gainesville burners had multiple similarities, investigators managed to obtain one of Danny's teeth that a dentist had kept a hold of for one reason or another. I fucking don't fucking disgusting know
3: why. ass dentist. That's scary for me. The dentist shouldn't be keeping <laughs> these teeth. He should be throwing that teeth out. I'm glad they had it I for this guess. reason, but still.
2: Does he yeah. have a lot of other teeth? Or did he just know. like Danny's How tooth? How could he tell but the
3: difference? I don't know.
2: I guess he kept it in a drawer. It was tooth of Danny Rowling. What did he do? He just fucking
3: pulled out of a guy's head and threw it in a drawer like it was a rubber
2: band? You never want to
0: hear your dentist say, that's a keeper. <laughs> now this one is mine.
2: And once the one tooth- for you, one for me. One like, for you. May I have all of them back, please? And once the tooth was tested against the DNA found at the Gainesville Ripper crime scenes, Danny Rowling was found to be a match. All right. And once that was matched, cops returned to the evidence room and matched the ski mask and the screwdriver found Danny's campsite to the crime scenes as well. And much to the relief of the investigators involved, they soon found that Danny Rowling was already in custody in Ocala. O-co-l-o-cala? Ocala. 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 You just always make it sound the most ignorant. I like Ocala. doesn't sound that bad. Ocala. 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 O-cala? Yeah. Uh, Ocala. he was in Ocala for a string of felonies fucking Gainesville police didn't solve this shit fucking Cindy did Cindy, Cindy did Wow. <laughs> Cindy figured this shit out a busybody from church <laughs>
0: I don't think she was a busybody I think that she had good evidence here to uh, to think that this Danny character
2: was up to no good and as far as Ed Humphrey went he actually had somewhat of an inspiring story After being released from the hospital, he turned his entire life around, despite the fact that he was never officially pulled from the Gainesville Ripper suspect list. In fact, the media literally killed Ed Humphrey's grandmother. A journalist wouldn't stop banging on her door in November of 1991, long after Danny Rowling was fingered as the Gainesville Ripper. And when Ed's grandmother finally opened the door in a rage, she dropped dead in her front yard from a coronary holy fucking shit i didn't know that there was an actual death by mass media yeah i guess there is leave this woman alone it's too late but even so ed got back on his meds and by the age of 28 he graduated magna cum laude from the university of central florida with a business degree and this was after he'd made his way there from community college all while working full-time jobs throughout
1: it's a bipolar success story Wow! All right, good for you, weird
2: looking Ed. Nice job. Yeah, no, and he actually, unfortunately, Ed uh, actually died a couple of weeks ago. Um, so what? rest in peace, Ed Humphrey. Spent his entire life in Gainesville, but apparently, just a couple, uh, just a couple of actually, it was a uh, early April when Ed Humphrey died. So uh, rest in peace, Ed Humphrey.
0: Wow! Yeah.
2: wow! What a, that's a strange synchronicity, isn't it? it, it, isn't it is. Though, but cons- Gemini season. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds scary now. But concerning the charging of Danny Rowling for the Gainesville Ripper murders, Danny had already racked up four life sentences for the insane amount of violent felonies he'd committed immediately after the murders. What was doubly fucked was that when Danny's father, James, found out that his son had been charged with these horrific crimes, he was happy and said that he hoped the state fried his sorry bastard of a son.
3: Oh, it's because he always knew. Right. Even though he was always a piece of shit. That was his thing is that like he didn't understand that he might have had a hand in it.
2: Yeah. Creating this monster. You know what I mean? But he always knew that Danny was a monster. Apparently, James Rowling fully witnessed his grandfather slit his mother's throat at the kitchen table right in front of him. A lot of trauma. Lot yeah. of trauma, and Real multiple one. people in the family went to uh, m- went away to mental institutions uh, for violent mental health issues. Wow. Uh, so yeah, the the Rolling family's pretty fucked up. Yeah, that's a hell of a genealogy timeline there. Yeah. Now Danny knew that he was Buffalo due to the DNA evidence, so he began confessing to every single murder and apologizing again and again for every single one. But in a way to keep a weird amount of control over the situation, Danny said he had to confess in a very specific way. Instead of just telling an investigator, Danny confessed through a fellow inmate named Bobby Lewis, who had, in the past literally walked off death row by stealing a correctional officer's uniform and popping a fake mustache on his face.
3: Yeah, apparently they sentenced me to death for being a sketch comedian. Whoa. <laughs> um But yeah, wow. he, the, it was this weird thing because he still wants to distance himself from his own crimes. So he created mm-hmm. this sort of intermediary where so then he doesn't have to, quote unquote, become out like he doesn't have to be guilty. He comes through to somebody else's story of him that he's saying, and he can always kind of distance himself
0: yeah. And that's why it's interesting he didn't read the media, because then he also gets like, well, they're talking about me. It's strange. I mean, I guess he probably got into this, his, his own story did. after oh, yeah. he was incarcerated. I'm it, sure there wasn't a lot to do.
3: Well, he found the romanticism of it. That's right. what we keep talking right. about. The, we talked about it more last episode, but the making of a serial killer is really all about what he viewed as a he's an outlaw. And that's why he wanted to separate it because Danny was a bank robbing outlaw that just was, he lived with his guitar and his rucksack and nothing else mattered, but it was Gemini. They made him do all these horrible things, but you, you read this book and you really see the story of somebody who did not want to acknowledge just how out of control his fantasies have become.
2: Yeah. And what's really interesting about Danny Rowling, and it really speaks to his compartmentalization uh, is that. He never hurt anyone when he was committing an armed robbery. Never once. He was apologizing. He was always yeah.
3: apologizing, saying I'm sorry I have to do this. Pray for me. That was his like line was like yeah. w- as he'd go, like b- b- every time he'd leave, he would go and be like, I d- wouldn't do it if I didn't need it. I mean, mm-hmm. all of the
0: apologizing probably really led the police astray because they were looking for a Canadian.
2: <laughs> uh, but it was it was oh, yeah. oh. I'm sorry. It's not real. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Now Bobby Lewis, the guy that danny rolling used to confess he was actually the guy who introduced danny to sandra london although he didn't tell danny that the whole thing had started as a way for sandra and bobby to pump danny rolling for whatever profits they could make off of his crimes and confessions
3: i think you mean fight for his free speech rights because if you read sandra (laughs) london's intro to this book is all about how the unconstitutional son of sam laws and how dare they take (laughs) Mm -hmm. the, the the microphone away. From these wonderful white men. Like, because they need to be able to be heard. Like, Danny Rawlings must be heard from.
2: Yeah? Yeah, but pretty soon Sandra had forgotten all about Bobby Lewis and had focused completely on Danny Rowling. They began corresponding, and Sandra claimed to have fallen in love with Florida's most brutal serial killer. But after Sandra was denied visitation rights, she wrote this letter to Danny, which is absolutely real and not embellished in any way whatsoever.
3: I've been in love before, but it was never like this. The first kind of love I felt was maternal. I love little Danny. I wanted to make him my own child where he could grow and be all that was in him to become. I wanted to shield him and protect him and play with him. Then came the thrill of the creative interplay. Yes, knowing you has lit a fire in the artist in me that is burning higher and higher. And I (laughs) love that feeling, don't you? I know you feel exactly the same way, inspired. Slowly, I began to see you as 200 pounds a hard man. (laughs) And that was another kind of love. That's the one that became so dizzying when I finally laid eyes on my gorgeous honk of masculinity. And to be told, I will never see you again. This is tearing me up. Darling, I wonder, would you like to get married? Oh,
0: my God. That is the (laughs) single sweetest letter I have ever read
2: to a serial killer. (laughs) And in response to this, Danny Rowling actually sang a song to Sandra London during the sentencing for one of his many armed robbery hearings. And luckily for us, that serenade was actually filmed.
3: (laughs) I recall the day
0: I first saw you I reached out to
3: say I love you But it was hard to say I couldn't touch you Tell me, baby, what were my words? All my tears run together. Excuse me, Mr. Rollins. Down the path Wrong, to follow. Mr. Rollins. Tell me, baby, what were my words? All my tears run together. What were my words? All my tears run together, baby. Just like rain. Okay, you get one song and that's it, Mr.
0: Yo, you, <laughs> you get got one here. song I that's <laughs> that, that judge improvised that, because I don't yeah. think a lot of people get one song. Well, and the- I'm going to demand my one song if I'm ever incarcerated in Florida. Be like, that motherfucker got a song. I'm going to sing a song, too. Oh, of course. And I'm mighty proud of this ragged old flag. <laughs>
3: And the way she's looking at him the only way she is describe scary it, bro she's very scary yeah. she reminds she looks Ugh. like Miss Piggy looking at Kermit where she's like <laughs> oh, no, that's innocent love Henry no <laughs> she looks like the sister
0: from one of the uh, one of the villains from uh, Children Under the Stairs or People Under the Stairs yeah. she looks like she collects kids and
3: skin well <laughs> the, part of the reason why that was so powerful for them as a moment was because they have never been allowed to be in the same room and yeah. that was she arrived at the press conference and so she was allowed to be without a plate glass between them for the first time so it became this like he took this as his moment to express his love for her
2: and the whole time his lawyer is like tapping him on the arm saying like this is dumb Shut the
1: fuck up this is dumb i making it worse you're making a lot worse he also gives
3: gives a little wink to his he goes like check this out like right before he starts singing (laughs) like you're like when you go up right before an open mic night being like All right, prepare to be (laughs) wowed. He just does it.
0: Do any gas pumps work in this country?
2: (laughs) You didn't even use it on stage. I know. Now, Danny knew that he didn't have a shot at a not guilty verdict, not even not guilty by reason of insanity. So he pled guilty to all five murders. And interestingly, when he pled guilty, his lawyer was the infamous Stephen Glazer, who some might remember as the bare chested, disturbingly hairy lawyer from Nick Broomfield's Eileen Wernos documentary.
0: That's right. Wow, what a crazy coincidence. This guy well, has it's a. It's a small well, it's just true fl- crime world.
2: A, well, he's a Florida lawyer. You know, yeah. this is all Florida. This is all the same area of Florida. Right, right. So I guess it's not so uh, coincidental that a lot of people got murdered in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Danny said he pled guilty because he, quote, wanted to do the right thing. Really? Yeah. But really, Danny's guilty plea was just a long shot to avoid the death penalty, which absolutely did not work.
0: Judge, hear me out. The name of this song is called
3: Change of Heart. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do it. Yes, I did. I didn't do it. Yes, I did.
0: Mr. Rowling, we gave you one song. That is two songs, sir.
2: Danny was given a death sentence for all five murders. And after they were read in open court, Sandra London blew Danny a kiss. And Danny <sighs> gave her a sullen nod before being let out of the courtroom. But soon after, Sandra released a copyrighted statement on Danny's behalf saying he was glad to be sentenced to death in part it read quote once it was done i
3: felt as if a big hairy smelly ape jump off my shoulders and i could be human again god bless gainesville and lord help heal its people amen Good I this wow what a douchebag
0: and if you're one of the relatives of the victims fuck you man Oh yeah, yeah. he said the, the like, whole end of really? this book
3: too, is all fucking Ugh. apologies it's wow. apologies mm. and apologies and he writes a sentence he writes a uh dedication to the victims family Oh my god
0: but the, all of that is so insulting he knows what yeah. he's doing oh, he's course. not freaking apologizing He
3: did say that he definitely didn't do a séance to capture the spirit of Bundy <laughs> <laughs>
0: It reminds me of when we were driving in Canada and the bus said, out of order,
2: sorry. sorry. And I'm like, you're a bus.
0: You're not sorry. <laughs> you're not a person.
2: And of course, when Danny was put to death by lethal injection in 2006, he chose to sing his last words. And the last thing anyone ever heard from Danny Rowling was a self-pinned, three-minute-long hymn praising God.
3: God, and he must have been feel so good to kill him right after.
2: Yeah,
0: I can also see God just being like Santa Claus in a Christmas story. Ho,
3: ho! ho,
0: ho. Just pushing him down the slide. Good lordy! Wow, what that is unbelievable! What a crazy story, and that's a little, a little insight into serial women that love serial killers as well as sort of a cherry on top of this, Sandra London. She seems. Is what is? Her, what's her story? Is she still around? Is she still trying yeah. to bone zone oh, killers? Yeah. She's, she's still, still around.
2: Uh, the, her last book was in 2016. Uh, she wrote. She co-authored a book by uh, a woman, one of the women who claims to have been a part of the MK Ultra program. Uh, she claims that her father uh, had trained her to be an MK Ultra agent since she was like six years old. She's been in an, an Errol Morris documentary. She's in all kinds of serial killer documentaries. She shows up again. in a, She is a true crime. She is a staple in the true crime world
3: she's an interesting woman because you know obviously she was exploitive of these monsters to make money off of them but you know so are anybody in the true crime industry and Mm -hmm. she also not everyone marries them well no 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 but she went the extra length she went all the way she also wrote a book on vampirism Mm -hmm. Uh, she's an interesting media figure
2: Oh, yeah, right. she said that uh, she said that she is only doing what no one else has the courage to do. Which Suck is a serial to-
3: killer's dick. <laughs> what are you
2: talking about?
0: I- oh, wow. Again, the yeah. people who are uh, courageous in this story are the victims who passed away and uh, fighting for their lives. You know, mm-hmm. what a crazy story that is. Danny rolling more. It's after how- after hearing the brutality, I'm almost surprised it's not more mainstream of a tale. But I guess it's almost so gross that. It's that you too almost brutal. don't want to talk
3: about. It's you a, don't a very don't brutal story. It. It's yeah. a brutal yeah. story. And then later this year we'll be covering another uh, heavy hitter series that yeah. is like that. Yeah. Uh, that and is one of those where the crimes itself are so shocking that it, it's weird how there is that. There's the Jeffrey Dahmer right. obsession, yeah. that type of things, because those are shocking uh, crime scenes. But no one, if you watch anything about Jeffrey Dahmer, you don't actually hear all the details of what really happened inside of yeah. his house.
2: You know, the difference is that Danny Rowlings, he's just not that cute. He's not cute like Ted Bundy, and he's not cute like Jeffrey Dahmer. It's he's just true. not that cute. He looks like a fucking toad on a log, and that's really the reason why. He's not media savvy enough. Wow. Yeah. He didn't have
3: the X Factor. Mm-hmm. wow well he would be uh he maybe the more t- one of the more talented
0: singers i guess in the serial killer category which so. is again not uh once you put in the caveat of serial killer category it's, you know there's, the a, talent's not exactly overflowing yeah, it's not a deep bench
2: no no manson's wow. still better yeah manson's great as a song i like his songs isolate, <laughs> isolate the audio manson's great what was that um um well,
3: thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, we got you—you you beautiful fucks—were coming to Denver. They're raising the amounts of people that are allowed to be in that theater, the Red Rock Theater. Come out and watch us. We got a show now. I—we're gonna scream wait. at you.
0: We can't wait. We had such a great time in Grundy County as well. Thanks to everyone who came out to that show. Uh, It was just great to see all of you and be with all of you. And we can't wait, again, for uh, Red Rocks. What a dream come true. We
3: also, our weed carts are going to be in um, more stores. We're going to have, we will give that announcement shortly. We're really excited for that. Also, our upcoming partnership with The Last Prisoner Project. Uh, Look up there. We we are working on a partnership with them now. Honestly, it's an incredible group of people.
0: They're great. Last we're
3: trying to get the last forty thousand people that are in jail for cannabis crimes. We're trying to get them out, and again, we will physically come and break you out if we have to.
0: Well, uh, sure, I can bulldoze down some big old walls and get shot a bunch. Uh, all right, Last Prisoner Project. Check out everything they're doing. Support them. against top at everything political. It's a crazy time. The Matt Gaetz scandal continues to heat up. Oh, also, God, uh, what a it's so <laughs> it's just dumber and dumber and dumber. It's it's just
3: insane. He looks like like beavis is it beavis or but he, <laughs> he looks, looks, a looks like head. that guy yeah it's, it's, a, it's a combo yeah.
0: <laughs> and then of course uh no dogs in space which was it went i don't even know what it means but it was viral on spotify which i think means a boatload <laughs> of people are listening to Good. it they're on the beastie boys as, as uh as uh marcus said and then dune we got one last episode one of dune, dune, dune cast
3: coming out well we got two coming out i got one monday and then the one after that we got two more episodes a uh, spun someplace underneath is also we, they are now kind of in the middle of doing a uh, Family Annihilator series, which is very interesting.
1: Ooh, um, yeah.
3: Which, you know, I love. <laughs> so, yeah, Ed. Okay, Ed. Are you Ed Humphrey? <laughs> but um, thank you, motherfuckers. It's so good to be back in the mix.
0: Yeah, thank you all so much. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see you on the road. Hope everyone is healthy, safe, and uh, as happy as you can be. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Magoostalations,
3: which means congratulations for liking us. Man, I hope the night horse doesn't come on tonight. I can't. Charge another $60 to my credit card for just <laughs> sparkly water.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> got Wh- almost a pound of sea- ice
3: cream the other day, too.
2: Night Horse has been busy.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I
2: guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Can I name my new hemorrhoids Night Horse? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did, did you have
0: old hemorrhoids?
2: Yeah. No, no. It's, it's a, new, it gets a new affliction. Oh, my Sorry, buddy. That <laughs> means you're finally a man. That means you're an adult I and a don't. business owner. <laughs> Hell yeah. This show is made
3: possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're
2: such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the
1: fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's
2: right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.
1: In a fast-paced world,
3: every day brings new challenges and new opportunities.